it is okay to stand back and say, listen, for the next couple of years, yeah. we're maintaining. Yeah. It's equally okay yeah. to decide to scale. Sure. And it's also equally okay to decide to contract. Yeah. Both of, like all, all of that, it's, it's okay. Yeah. All right, man. So here we go. So we're here today to talk about scale. Managing COVID, we've talked about team, money, should you start this? We'll talk about mindset next week, but scale is a big one. And I think it's something that, I mean, Tommy, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, actually, is, you know, what, how do we look at scale differently? Is scale even possible in this time? And rather than us just ask each other questions, let's try and have a conversation about scale, Tom. Can we do that? Let's do it. All right, man. So let's go for it. I mean, the setup for me on this one was very purely conversations that we've had over the last few months about is it even possible to scale our agencies at this point i mean funding and all that aside like you can't even travel right now how, how do you scale something when you when you can't open up your own offices when you can't build your own teams when you can't get on the ground define scale for me mr mr brubaker scale is what we all want tom it's what we're all here for to solve problems at scale, um, multiple borders, multiple teams, multiple offices, multiple millions. I don't know. What is, scale? is it what we all want? And that's the thing that I have a question about. It's mm. like, do we all want that? At one point you did, Tom. At one point I did. But at some point that changed. And what changed? I think it, I think it changed for me when I reached my reached a, a large goal. Like I reached a million kids being, being impacted mm. by what I did. Mm -hmm. And I think at that point I was like, um, I've done it. Yeah. I'm, I am okay with what I have achieved now. Do I want it to end? No. Right. But do I want it? Does it need to grow beyond its borders? No. Okay. I think that was the big thing for what about, what about for you? Like, has that changed for you? No, still want to do it, but I'm also thinking, I mean, honestly, like I still want to achieve those big goals, right? I still have that big vision, but now I would argue it's, it's impossible. It's not impossible to do. It's just fundamentally structurally and strategically vastly different than how I thought it would be done. Right. Like, 18 months ago, I was loading up the Bangkok office. I had the, the fund. I had the office. I had the, the team. I've been traveling around the region for years, building those relationships. Can't do that anymore. I had this contact in Bangkok. It took 15 years for him to call me and say, we're ready. Right now he's mired in his own, you know, local challenges, local finances, whatever it may be. Right. So yes, I still want to get there, but how do I get there is actually fundamentally different. And actually, that's where I think it's interesting in terms of, you said, I had it, I hit the million, I want to, to keep going, but I don't need to be so involved. So I'm curious, well, like, how do you see that happening I, then? What I would say is, I don't, in its current form, hmm. if you will, I am... I'm really interested in maintaining its current form, okay? Which is donating libraries, which is the manual labor of it. I, I, I love it. You know, right. we go into rural schools. We are doing something 
It's like human to human, mm. but it doesn't scale quickly. It yeah. doesn't scale fast. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a little bit, a little bit of a brew baker right now where could we be doing, could we be making an impact mm. faster? And I would arguably say, yes. Now, how is that? I think it's through, it's gotta be something online and it's gotta be something beyond our borders in China. But at the end of the day, during COVID, mm -hmm. bring it back to the conversation. Yeah. I think it's gonna be hard. Yeah. I would say there's a second way of doing it that I've been looking at it, which is to learn how to actually really collaborate with others, right? Like we talk about this, like you've got your sure. competitors or you have your other groups that are similar to you, like a room to read. You can sure. learn to work with them. Obviously, you know, the size and scale of the organizations probably if they, the closer they are to matching the easier, but I was thinking about this yeah. and I've, I've been working with a group in Hong Kong. I've been working with a group in LA, you know, trying to actually develop. And actually I have one here locally as well like totally open to brand new partnerships and how we would get that done. But that in mm -hmm. itself requires a completely strategic shift because one, you're, you're, you're kind of sep you're, you're stopping any marketing that you had that is separate to your own. You're learning how to co-brand. The second thing is you're just, you're learning to work with others for the common goal versus saying, I have the right product or platform or technology, whatever it may be. Now, my biggest challenge is, and maybe you can help me out with this, is yes, I've, I am the person beating the drum. And there's a couple of other people beating the drum at my organization on, on that. Like, mm -hmm. got a partner, got a partner, got a partner. But Richard, mm -hmm. the nut we have not been able to crack is funding. Yep. How do you fund something that is <laughs> mutually beneficial for both organizations? Yeah. Um, it, it seems to always be the one problem. organization has the funding, the other organization is doing it for free. So I won't say doing it for free, but I'll say when money comes into it, when you start having that conversation, that's when the conversations around collaboration partnership get difficult. Because I think in part, no one really likes talking about money. I mean, it could be your salary. It could be how much money you have in your savings. It could be how much money you want to make off this contract. No one really likes talking openly about it. But when you're in a partnership situation and say you are, like you're trying to develop a true partnership, you're not a subcontractor to an organization that can't do the work and need you to do the work, but you're actually, you're cross-pitching, you're trying to do it your, together. That's where I think it gets really tough because what I find a lot of times is one group made more money than the other or has the aspirations to make more than the other or has control of the relationship and can kind of bump it for themselves, but maybe not, they don't protect them, you so much. And that's where things get really gritty. Um, my only, the only way I figure out I can solve it is one, do you trust the group? Two, do you make your, like, can you transparently tell them, I want to make this for this much work or this much effort or for this project? And then you make it and you're happy with that without wondering how much they made. I, I think that's, it's somewhere in there because without that, then you can't actually develop trust for, larger projects, longer term collaborations, whatever it may be. Well, I mean, the way that I've seen it is like on my organization, we partner really well with government yep. and government nonprofit organizations right. in China. Excellent at it. 
we're not very good at partnering with international organizations. Same for me. You know, Same. but is that, you know, is that so bad? Well, <laughs> it's like, say, you know, if we're really good at these two, yeah. why, why? Well, I think the easy way for me to answer that is to say, because the times have changed and you may need to, right? Like, yeah, maybe. maybe. And it's, it may not even be a funding issue, maybe a programming issue, maybe that someone else is trying to get into the same space, the same country has the same connections that you do. And you have similar, you know, you've, you've crossed paths a few times and you're like, I know we're both struggling in Vietnam. Why don't we work together? Right. I mean, one and the other, I think for me, the hard part's always been the international groups that have always come to me in the past have always abused my goodwill to work with them faster yeah. than anyone that was here locally. Like they're the most protective of their relationship and they're the most likely to, to, to be hard with when it comes to the financial arrangements. That, that doesn't surprise me because government nonprofits and government don't have funding issues. Yeah. And, and in general, in China, my experience is, is because um, they don't have funding issues. Mm. They are doing this because they want to engage an international organization. That's enough for them. That is that is their KPI, right? Um, and and I think that we benefit from that. With regards to partnerships, with regards to scale, with regards mm -hmm. to all that, how are you doing during COVID twenty twenty one? Yeah, how are you personally doing? Well, I've had a with your with your feeling of scale for your organizations. That's a good. I mean, I'm not happy. Right. Like, but that's just, that's just me. That's my emotions. That, that, that doesn't necessarily represent the reality of the progress that's being made. Uh, I think COVID's made everything more challenging and growing has been even more so, but that's also, I think, because you really had to nail so many things down again before, I think before you scale, you have to, have, you have, to have a sizable bank. You have to have a client that will help you extend. You have to have the ability to, to get on the ground and make sure that you have the right product. You have to do all that stuff, but you can only do that when your local existing base is strong. And I think COVID kind of whacked everyone around on that. So, you know, step one, first six to nine months was like stabilize current practice program system, whatever, and then start to be like, how do we expand? How do we extend? And then what does that look like? Cause I'd say the second step to that was, I had to really reframe it. Like I said, like I was opening up a Bangkok office. I realized very early on, I'm not going to do that. I want to run a lunch of uh, a lunch or run a lot of in-person events. I'm not going to do that. Um, you know, I mean, so it basically made me it made me think of how I would do things differently. And in that regard, how do I feel? I feel okay on that level because I've tried a few different types of partnerships. One locally here in Shanghai with a PR firm, and then mm. several locally overseas with similar firms that may at one point have grown into my competitor, but maybe at some point we may now grow into a coalition that becomes a single brand. I mean, who knows where this stuff goes? I mean, that's where your head's starting to think now is it's going to be 18 months to two years before we travel. It's probably going to be three to four before we get back to like the old way of doing business development and scaling. So structurally that's changed. Um, 
I guess the only other way I can think about emotions on this is like the, the vision for scale now has definitely changed. Um, one, I'm frustrated that we can't do it because of what I just talked about, but now the, the need to do it for me feels even greater. Like it could be climate change. It could be all kinds of issues, social issues, environmental. They're all growing faster now in part because of COVID. So how can we get there quicker? So that's frustrating because I can't crack the model fast enough. And I'm not saying I should be able to, I'm just saying like, I'm frustrated that I can't. What's your future outlook for 2022? Um, <laughs> realistically, realistically. I mean, there's like yeah. what you want for your vision and all that for scale, but 2022, what are you planning? Are you planning scale or are you planning maintain for the next year and a half? For the agency collective and for the charity hands-on, maintain, try to capture growth locally in China when and where it's possible. But I am really questioning the agency platform as the medium for scale. I'm questioning it a lot more now. Like, I think that we can work with clients to achieve much bigger vision, much bigger goals for themselves. But the work, the effort that you put in to the return, it's, it's much different than say, if you and I were to keep knocking on a digital product that enabled other entrepreneurs to go and build their own things. For me, I'm starting to think like, that might be the digital piece that I've been kind of looking for for a number of years that like now the products are becoming clear and now the needs are becoming clear. And now the budgets are, I think, supporting a 50, 100, $500 kind of platform for some of these entrepreneurs. So I'm looking at it very differently, but also because 2022, I think will be a much harder year economically than 2021. Like I've got no doubt that if the world starts to shut down again, in the next two months, Whatever we thought 2020 was, is a, that was a vacation. 2021 was like where we get nervous in 2022 is when we start to really feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I don't know what it is, but, but what I would say is in, in 2022 for me, mm. I don't see it getting better. Right. I, I, I don't see countries opening up in any sort of substantial manner. Right. It's just kind of chaotic right now. Yeah. Where things are shut down. No one knows when they're going to open back up. Mm. They know that they will, yeah. but when, you know? So but it, um, I'm just thinking yeah. like as, as, an, as an aggressive entrepreneur, is that the time to just go, fuck it. Like just give it a shot run it as fast as you can or is it do you think like that's or is it better to kind of go the opposite where it's like you know i kind of like work from home i kind of like doing a little bit slower i kind of like like it's a little bit easier this way like are, how, how that's a personal that's a personal discussion it depends yeah. on your your product and your service mm. okay does it does it work does it fit does it make sense to be aggressive right now yeah. okay the next thing is that's a personal discussion sure I mean, that's, you know, do you want to work from home or do you not want to work from home? Do you yeah. want to have that as your, like, there's a great group in Vietnam that I know of that moved to hundred percent work at home. Mm. They're not going back to that. 
They're yeah. setting up remote offices all around Vietnam. Their footprint is going to look 10 times bigger on a map with the same amount of people. Right, right. You know, I mean, okay. And that, that might actually let them grow 2023, 24, because they've got people spread out all over the place. They just have to kind of assemble smaller teams. But their product and service allows for that. Right. right. They're, they're a service-based um, uh, nonprofit marketing agency in a way. I mean, I don't right. know what, how to explain it, but they're, it's remote. Yeah. I, I, it works for them. Yeah. An organization that works in one specific province or two specific provinces or three, yeah. and it has to be like hands-on. Mm. Not to not to steal your 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 organization's name, but uh, don't steal you know, it's license pay royalty. No, it's it's not. You can't do that. You can you can fake it for a while, but at the end of the day, you have to move back to that right person to person human touch. So. I mean, that kind of just like, and which, which so, I would say, which I would I say is a, that would be, you can't scale the other one. You can scale. Cause if it's got, if it's, if you can't scale the person in person right now, and on the other side, you have these, the scale of the problems going, I mean, it just sets up for me, like, how can we look at everything that we're all doing? That is person to person and digitize it. Like, can we deliver volunteering and books and all these things? Sure not just over the internet. I think that's, that's a very easy way, but like in a very different platform that is sure. But is that what we, is that what we should be looking at though, as organizations, if we want to con continue scaling, like taking the core of our organizations, like whatever it is that we deliver to meet that need, like, and figure out how to shift it completely to an online or a, a distant or a digital platform. Is that, is that what we should yeah, be doing? I don't why not? I mean, my answer is why not? Mm. Why not? I don't have an issue with it. Um, but it really depends on the mission and does it fit within the long-term vision? It has to fit within the long-term vision right. or are you ready to change the long-term vision? Right, right. I'm not there yet. So, so getting back to the COVID conversation, yeah. um, getting back to scale, um, I think that we've decided, what have we decided? <laughs> what have we, what is the, what, what is the takeaway for someone that is listening to this right now? I, look, I, I, for me, the takeaway for me is like, it's absolutely possible to continue finding scale. I sure. think depending upon your product and how you're going to deliver it and what your history is, you may find that actually this is the greatest time to pivot into an entirely different platform that has more potential to do good than you ever thought possible than you were planning 18 months ago with your Bangkok office. Like I, sure. I absolutely believe that. I think the frustration though, or the, the obligation or the, the cracking the nut as it were, is if trying to figure out how do you do that? Like what is the core of your organization's delivery? Like what's the value? What's the service? What's the impact? And then how do you, change that how do you adapt to the times uh the one thing i didn't think we did talk about is like then how do you fund it because the funding is all different right and yeah. you know i have a few ideas right now that where the funding is much larger and i can't go to people locally anymore i got to go back to 
Zoom and like try and do this digitally, which you and I talked about, I don't know, 10 episodes ago. We suck at selling digitally. We're really good when we're in the room and we can command the PPT. How do you do that, right? Like it's, you have to learn constantly. And, and I think it's part of this process. Yeah, I mean, for me, selling digitally, it's just not, I, I, I give it a go. Yeah. Um, but that is not, that has never been our skill set or my own personal skill set. Yeah. Um, that's not an excuse. It shouldn't be an excuse. Right. But that is, funding is, is definitely a challenge for us. Um, going into 2022, I can see that it being a major challenge for us. Um, much more than it was in 2020. Yeah. Um, so then you got to kind of, you got to approach confident. everything differently anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I think this whole, like, you know, it, there's the COVID excuse in a way where everything yeah. is COVID's fault, where listen, you're an entrepreneur at the end of the day, you're an entrepreneur. Yeah. Mission driven entrepreneur. Um, you, uh, you have to be able to navigate through challenges. Yeah, no problem. I mean, yeah, there's. All, I was. I was just watching a four port series on the financial crisis, and I was reminded of before that was the '97 crisis, and then you had the '02 crisis. Like, there's a crisis every day. You have to learn how to navigate. Now, this one's obviously <laughs> like on a larger order, but you know, it, it's, this one's prolonged. Prolonged, and you know, you can't travel to great street food nations. Um, but I mean, we all miss street food. But I think like, yeah, it's, you, you got to find a way to traverse it no matter what. Right. But what I would say is just on the nonprofit side mm. um, and on the Vietnam side. Yeah. The opportunity is that if you're starting a nonprofit and you're thinking about scaling a nonprofit in Vietnam, as an example, mm -hmm. Nonprofits have been historically leaving Vietnam over the past five to 10 years. They have, there have been, there are less international organizations in Vietnam today than there were before. Right. And, and especially in rural parts of Vietnam. That's not the a bad thing though, is it? Is, I mean, if the local groups are scaling and filling the gap better than the international ones. Oh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not implying oh. that they are, or they aren't. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that. Right. I don't know if that's true. Um, I, I couldn't speak to that. Yeah. <laughs> but the opportunity is if you did want to enter a rural region of Vietnam and get approval, I believe strongly mm. it would be much easier sure. during COVID than before COVID. I think they would be much more open to, hey, we've never worked with you before. Come, let's give, let's give this partnership a go. Yeah. And I, I and I that. think that that is an opportunity. Yeah, I can, I can see that. And yeah. I mean, again, like it's learning how to collaborate differently, right? The times have changed things. Partnerships are now open. It could be between government and nonprofit or nonprofit and for profit. Like, it's all open. Um, and that's, you know, like, I, I really feel like from, from the agency perspective, again, like back to your, you know, like it all depends on your product, like for an agency, now's a great time to learn how to partner with people, not just like on the delivery, but also on the sales and also in between, um, you know, like really developing true partnerships again. And now's a great time to be trying things and they're not all going to work, but 
you know, at least they now have a chance, which they didn't before. Yeah. All right. So let's try to wrap this up. Let's do our three things. Why don't you start? Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, <laughs> like if I'm approaching scale right now for COVID, what are the three things that I do? First off, I try and create a vision for what scale is today and how ambitious I want to be about it. Uh, obviously, from I've mentioned this a couple of times. The other thing I learned how to do really quickly is uh, partner and collaborate as much as possible. Like I, I've struggled through, I'm saying I'm probably 50-50, maybe 60-40 so far. Um, I'm hoping a couple of these will actually move a little bit quicker and then I'll be, I'll be down to like, you know, eight out of 10 times it's winning and that's where you want to be. Um, but I think like partnership and, uh, for scale is it's a great thing because the global issues, figure out what it is that we all share, find common interests, common mission, and just leave the ego aside, just try and get the work done. So, and I think the last one is basically trying to figure out what it is that you did deliver in the past that you thought you were going to scale and figure out what are the new mediums to deliver that exact same value, impact, service, whatever book, whatever it may be. That might be through an app, that might be through a website, that might be through something completely different, but kind of, you know, look at things upside down, figure out how you can do things, you know, with the same team, help them learn, help them grow, let them bring the ideas to you. But at the end of the day, if you want to really scale, um, you'll, you'll find a way. Yeah. All right. Well, for me, um, what I would say is during COVID scale, mm. um, it's okay to decide to not scale. I think that's the first thing. I think that it is okay to stand back and say, listen, for the next couple of years, yeah. we're maintaining. Yeah. It's equally okay yeah. to decide to scale. Sure. And it's also equally okay to decide to contract. Yeah. Both of, like all, all of that, it's, it's okay. Yeah. The next thing I would say is talk to your team. I think that's really important. I think that what I want and what my team want most of the time is different. Their definition of, of scale and where they want to take the organization is very different from, from where I want to go. Right. Um, and the final thing is, and this is the challenge that we've had at, the, at my organization, which is capitalizing on every single opportunity that comes in the front door hmm. from every email we respond to. Whereas even the emails that we used to just be like, well, that's just not relevant. Yeah. We're responding just saying, Hey, can we see if there's connect points? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's a big shift for us because we are, we're at that, we're at that point where is it maintenance? Is it scale or is it contract? Um, and so yeah, those are my three right there. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going, because we are all about growth mindset and continuous improvement here, I'm going to erase my first three. I'm going to, yes. I'm going to one up my shit, man. <laughs> all right. So first off, I, I think we talked a lot about scale, I think in part because I framed it as like jumping borders, but it could also be about the products themselves. So I think the first thing you do is you look locally and you figured out what is it that you are already delivering locally in areas that you can already say that you're established and figure out from there, what does scale mean? Is it, were you trying to jump borders 
Or is there something you can do locally to go deeper or wider, new products, new communities, new adaptions, whatever it may be. And then the second part of that would be, you know, is it the physical? Is it the digital? Is it a combination? What's the vehicle for getting there? I think if you can look locally, you will probably work out how to accomplish the two of those. Second is um, obviously, you know, the, the team is a big part of this. And I think that something that we talked about was you were empowering the team. You were, you were forced to separate yourself. And I think that in itself, organizationally, setting, this te- setting the, the team and the organization up for scale may be totally different, but they're going to be critical in whatever happens going forward. They will be the ones who develop the relationships, the tech platform, the, the collaborations, whatever it may be. The third thing is I'd say, don't overthink it. Just try and make progress in however you feel comfortable. For me, we talk about partnerships and collaborations. I think even after it failed a couple of times, I retried with the same organization to say like, look, we didn't get it right. Let's learn. Let's learn. Let's keep trying. And I think that if you do that and you keep innovating, you keep pivoting, you keep being honest about where you're struggling you're going to find yourself just in a better place. Now, whether or not this scale in terms of growth or depth or safety, you know, like you can define that for yourselves. But I think those are the three things that I would go back to at the end of the day for where I'd hope that my organizations, the impact we're having is in a better place. I mean, I'm, I'm really worried about how fast some of these challenges are scaling. And I wish I could get to a point where I could solve them at a much bigger level with the same team, with a growing team, whatever. But that may not be the case. It may be better that we just say, like, what are we really good at? Focus on that. And then when the opportunities arise, take advantage of every one of them. Like you said, Tom, when they walk in the door, move forward.